Hello, I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Strongly Connected Components, Episode 12, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. My guest on today's episode is Brian Conry, director of the American Institute of Mathematics. We talked about the AIM library, why math circles and square mathematicians are a good thing, and just what the math castle really is. Here we go. Hello, I am well. I am. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Brian Connery, director of the American Institute of Mathematics. Uh, hello, Dr. Connery. Hello. Uh, now, most of the people who uh, listen to my podcast will be well aware of, say, the AMS or the MAA, even SIAM. Uh, but I doubt many of them know about the American Institute of Mathematics. Could you just give a little bit of information of what the institute is? Sure. The American Institute of Mathematics started in 1994, and it was the brainchild of John Fry, who's the CEO of Fry's Electronics, a large retail electronics firm. And his idea was to try and get uh, mathematicians to collaborate much more openly on uh, important unsolved math problems. And so he set up uh, the Institute, AIM, we call it, American Institute of Mathematics, as a nonprofit organization to do just that and has uh, given nice funding to it over the last, um, well, 12 to uh, whatever, 15 years now that it's been. Um, in uh, 2002, AIM became uh, one of the NSF, uh, National Science Foundation, funded math institutes, of which there are uh, seven in the U.S. right now. Uh, MSRI up in Berkeley, IPAM at UCLA, are, uh, are some of the other ones. Um, I've been the director since 1997, and uh, what we mainly do right now is to have uh, workshops that bring together mathematicians to collaborate and um, begin work on solving uh, important math problems. Now, the, uh, uh, going through your website and also just uh, hearing your explanation, collaboration seems to be one of the, the big driving forces behind this. Now, when you hold these workshops, what sort of uh, methods do you use to uh, ensure that uh, collaboration actually does occur other than just putting the mathematicians in the same room? Well, we've devised a new style of workshop that it basically we bring together about 30 mathematicians for a five-day workshop. And it's in a fairly narrow uh, area. Uh, so we wouldn't have something in analytic number theory, per se, but we might have something that was really looking at, say, gaps between primes. So focusing fairly specifically is one of the elements. Then the style of workshop that we have uh, is, is somewhat different. So each morning there will be two talks that are uh, designed to bring people up to speed on things. And then in the afternoon, we have uh, structured group activities. So these usually begin in the afternoon with 
the whole group getting together and uh, setting up problems that they want to work on, uh, especially early in the week, identifying good problems and uh, discussing strategies. And then um, by Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, people break up into smaller groups and start working on these things. So uh, we encourage uh, having groups that haven't worked together before. And, uh, it, and through these small groups and the uh, new collaborations emerge. And we have a follow-up program that we call Squares that bring these new groups back together to aim uh, in their small groups, but for a week at a time and repeated over a course of three years. So that uh, that helps for uh, progress to be made. Now, uh, as as well as the workshops and the the squares, which you mentioned, uh, another thing that AIM has recently put together is uh, the idea of problem lists. Now, there's yes, I, that's right. I believe there's four of them up on the website currently. And now, what what is a problem list, specifically an AIM problem list? Well, each one of our workshops has uh, some afternoon sessions that. Uh, whose purpose is to gather lots of problems. And we do this in a slightly different way than a conventional problem sessions at a workshop, and that is that we have a moderator at the front who sort of listens to all the questions from the audience. So the moderator will uh, just ask uh, the participants from the workshop to you know, state what problems they're interested in. Uh, a person states the problem, but has to state it in a such a way that the moderator can understand and sort of reformulate it. And in the process of doing that, it stimulates uh, lots of discussion, possibly reformulation of the problem, maybe some background material. And so we have this mechanism for getting lots of problems together. Now, we usually have a note taker. And then that note taker will um, write up that list of problems, and it becomes part of the permanent website from that workshop that people can look at. Now, the problem list tool that we've recently developed sort of takes this a step further and makes a uh, more interactive and uh, living document out of the problem list. So it has uh, the feature that um, it can easily be added to and edited. And it also has a feature that uh, each problem will have a unique number sort of from now on. So it makes a, a little bit more of a permanent uh, status to a problem. And if somebody solves it, then they can say, you know, they solved from the problem list on geometric group theory, you know, problem A33 or something like that. And uh, so it's a tool, a collaborative tool that we think will be useful in uh, creating and maintaining the list of problems that we have been doing for quite some time, but uh, just in a much better way. I know when it was announced that there was uh, talk about uh, opening up problem lists so that uh, they could be edited by anyone out there. Problems could be added by just people who were reading through and thought of another problem. Has that uh, occurred yet? Well, so that hasn't. We're still uh, developing the software to make it a really good tool. So we're not quite to that stage yet. Um, but we hope that'll be pretty soon. 
You are listening to Strongly Connected Components. Today's guest is Brian Connery, director of the American Institute of Mathematics. Now, I'm just going to pop in here and let you know a few of the things that are going on over at acmescience.com, where you can find out tons more information about this show, as well as the show about the lighter side of mathematics, combinations and permutations, which I host with a few of my fellow mathematician pals, and we kind of wax philosophic and comedic most of the time at the same time about mathematics. You can find that once again over at acmescience.com. And I also want to let everybody know that we do have forums over at acmescience.com. It's acmescience.com slash forum. That I would love for everybody to talk about the shows and various other mathematical topics on. So now, let's get back to this interview. Now, you mentioned uh, the idea of giving each of the problems a number so that there's a certain more uh, preservation of it. And another one of the projects of AIM, actually, is uh, preservation, specifically acquiring rare math documents. That's right. And uh, so do you have a uh, library at, your, at, at AIM where people could go in and see these documents? Or? Yeah, so there's, um, right, so we have a working library at AIM, and then as well as a um, sort of a more private, a rare uh, library that's mostly the collection of uh, John Fry. That it's not housed at AIM, but has uh, some very interesting things. Uh, all of this together will eventually be at our location in uh, Morgan Hill, where we'll have space to have everything. But right now, we have, uh, well, a good working library, maybe 15,000 books. But maybe more interesting is uh, the reprint collection. So we've collected original reprints from mathematicians uh, ever since we got started. And we now have more than 100,000. These are compiled by author. Um, and uh, shelved that way. So you could go to, you know, Selberg's folder or something and find all the original reprints of Atlee Selberg. And um, this is, uh, I think, an interesting way to collect things. It's like everybody has, each author has their own collected works. And so you see uh, the progression of ideas through a person's career uh, as you. Uh, you know, flip through their folder, but also they're in the original, most of them are in the original reprint form, which we think has a historical value. Now, you mentioned uh, the new uh, location that you'll be uh, moving to on Morgan Hill. Is that the castle? Yes, uh, we, we call it the math castle. <laughs> could you uh, explain a little bit about, because uh, there's a video on your site, but could you explain a little bit about what uh, that new location will be like for AIM? Well, it's in a gorgeous spot uh, in Morgan Hill, which is south of San Jose and kind of a, uh, an area that there's a green belt between San Jose and Morgan Hill. And so it's really, uh, it's south Santa Clara Valley. It's just a lovely location. And uh, the, the spot is um, right where the, uh, the flat area of the valley starts going up into the hills. The, uh, it's a 200-acre site. Um, it has a golf course on it, but also... Um, just wonderful trees. It's like an arboretum, uh, as well as a botanical gardens and uh, golf course, and just a, a beautiful site for you know uh, to be and for walking. Uh, it's adjacent to county land that actually 
is open space and leads all the way up to Henry Coe Park. The building itself uh, is modeled after the Alhambra, uh, starting with the sort of courtyard of the lions, which will be um, pretty much a replica of what's in uh, the Alhambra. And then a few rooms around there, it's, it's inspired by the Alhambra and will be a, uh, uh, a location that will um, house mathematicians as well as provide working space for them and uh, nice dining facilities and will be much more of a retreat in some sense for, uh, for mathematicians uh, at our workshops and who are working on longer term projects to, um, we hope, uh, be very productive. Uh, I mean, I have to admit that that sounds fantastic. I just don't know how much math I would actually do if I went there. <laughs> well, mathematicians like to have um, quiet areas uh, of you know, great scenic beauty and um, places that they can, you know, walk and think and things like that. And so, uh, so we think it'll be a good spot. It'll be different from our Palo Alto location, which uh, the math warehouse that we're in right now. People do like that, I think and like being up in Palo Alto. So it'll be a different experience, but uh, hopefully it'll be uh, just as good and better. Now, uh, in Morgan Hill, you are already doing some math outreach, so that just so that people don't think that AIM is only about uh, you know, pure mathematical research, you also happen to do some work with the, uh, uh, the elementary, middle, and high schools in Morgan Hill, correct? Yes, that's right. Uh, we have a, a nice uh, program we call uh, Morgan Hill Math down here, and as you said, it's uh, it, we have work in the fourth and fifth grades in elementary school, and then we uh, especially coach kind of math counts teams. Uh, we have about eight different teams, and that's the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, and then uh, we're involved in the high schools too with kind of math circles and the math clubs and things like that, and so we do have a presence down here. And uh, it makes a difference. Our teams have done very well in competitions in recent years. And just some really, really bright kids are coming out of the program. And that's, that's uh, a great thing to see. Our other big, uh, our biggest outreach program is something that we call a math teacher's circles. And um, this is a national thing. It's getting um, mathematicians together with middle school math teachers with the intention of trying to get middle school math teachers to think like mathematicians, to think of mathematics as an open subject, and to relish the idea of encountering problems that you haven't seen before and figuring out how to, um, you know, how to deal with them, what to do with them, how to play with them, experiment with them, and test them, and formulate conjectures and hypotheses, and try to solve problems. And uh, there are something like between 20 and 30 of these circles going around the country. And uh, the way we get them started is we, um, we try to get a team to come to uh, an AIM-style workshop. We have two of these each summer, one in Palo Alto and one in uh, Washington, D.C. at the uh, MAA's Carriage House. Uh, and a team would be two mathematicians, two middle school teachers, and a fifth person who's good at maybe recruiting or fundraising or organizing or something like that. And then we'll have about six of these teams 
come to the workshop and we spend the mornings sort of replicating what we mean by uh, math teacher circles and then the afternoons the teams plan how to launch their own teacher circle the following year. And then once the teacher circle gets started in the area, it would begin with a, an immersion workshop, a week-long thing for about 25 middle school teachers, and then follow that up with monthly meetings that, well, basically go on forever. And so we create this community of middle school teachers and mathematicians and people interested in problem solving that is supposed to be, uh, you know, like I said, last uh, last forever and give those extra resources and support uh, to the middle school teachers. And it's also good for mathematicians to, you know, understand how mathematics gets taught and communicated at that level and to, to be involved in that whole um, scenario. Now, just so uh, people don't think that you're just a, an administrator, uh, you also have of course, hold a, a PhD in mathematics, is, and you are uh, very well versed, I believe, in uh, number theory. Is that correct? Yes, uh, I'm a number theorist, uh, analytic number theory in particular, and uh, the, my favorite thing to work on is uh, well, the Riemann hypothesis, the Riemann zeta function, and where its zeros are, and the famous Riemann hypothesis um, that all the zeros are on the half line. That's the million dollar, uh, one of the million dollar. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's it's been a wonderful speaking to you, and I uh, hope one day that I can come visit the Math Castle. Well, we'd love to have you there, and thank you for interviewing me. Oh, thank you for your time. Have a good day. Bye bye. That is it for another episode of Strongly Connected Components. If you want to get a hold of me, have any feedback about this show or any of the other Strongly Connected Components episodes we have had so far, you can get a hold of me at my actual personal email address. Uh, I'm a little bit scared about giving this out, but I seem to do it every week, and I would love to hear from you. So it is Samuel at AcmeScience.com. That is Samuel at AcmeScience.com to leave any feedback. The music on this episode was Pie by Hardin Firm, and Interstitial and Outro is SP12. You can find them over at opsounds.org. As always, this episode is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License, so you can feel free to use any of the audio that you find on this podcast, as long as you tell other people that you found it on this podcast <laughs> it's the joy of creative commons go remix make something have fun once again you can find out more information about this episode and all the others at acmescience.com and you know what i just hope everybody who hears this has a absolutely fantastic week thanks for listening <laughs>